Welcome back to an all-new episode of Super Metal Brothers. I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. I'm Super Brother Dan. Today we have a very, very special guest for you. It's uh, Steve Lehman from Steve Lehman Artists, the Facebook page you'd know and love. Might be stranger to some of the metal scene, but his artwork sure isn't. You would know Steve's trademark artistic vision from bands like covers of Raven Black Knight and Quario Verum, just to name a few. <laughs> In the essential process as well. <laughs> oh my God, let's say about that, the better. Comics with the uh, Decay, from example, and Flyers with the SA and Zombie Walk just to name this is scraping literally the top of the barrel a massive heavy metal fan a lover of horror and most importantly he really wanted to be on the show today so Mr. Lehman welcome to the show thank you very much for having me thank you <laughs> no problem dream come true <laughs> When, <laughs> first 20, time he said those words. 20 years ago when he started drawing us, one day I hope these two brothers will form a podcast <laughs> and I can be on this podcast. All right. We're going to start right from the very top. And the very top, Steve, just give us a little bit about yourself. Where did it all begin for you and uh, what goes you into artist? Oh, well, I've um, always drawn, I suppose. Well, most kids draw, I guess, and I just never stopped, really. I guess the big break for me came when I first discovered Iron Maiden when I was 13. Peace of Mind album cover just hooked us onto it. But I was drawing for a long time before that, but that's sort of what got us into the whole heavy metal horror art um, combination, I suppose. Funny you mentioned that because um, the artwork back in the day, and this is going off topic straight away, I remember cover art like Deep Purple with Stormbringer album and like the amount of like artwork and the dedication that went into that. But you've seen it kind of change lately where obviously like you Photoshop and stuff like that. Has some of that old magic been lost or do you think now it's just changed a little bit different to make it easier? Oh, everything changes over time, I suppose. I guess the big change happened when it went from record covers down to CD size. So the lot more detail, and of course, when you went to Photoshop and you could use computers and a lot of that detail just came onto a smaller scale. So you lost that idea of the bigger painting having an effect on the, the LP size. So now, I mean, you can see with the, now with the vinyl coming back a little bit, you see those covers have just got so much intense detail. But I think you lose a little bit of that real, you know, you look at a cover like Number of the Beast where it's just a big basic pitch, has a lot of effect. You lose a lot of that, I think. On the other side, I guess because now you have CDs and you have book jackets, I guess you can do a bit more conceptual drawing. So you can have like, your cover be one drawer, but then so many oh, pages yeah. book jackets, so you can continue on the design with something else oh yeah is that a bit of a benefit I guess yeah I guess so yeah but a lot of that stuff is just scaled down from the cover and, and yeah but I, as I say I'd prefer those yeah the old school style as you say with the big cover it was more of an actual painting it's something that worked better as a poster on a larger scale but what can you do eh who was it that was your biggest inspiration or aka basically stole from? You know, we all have that person <laughs> that we look at and like, wow, you know, you're the reason why I draw so well because I basically take your work, get tracing paper and, you know, I do it with music all the time, you know? So who's some of those guys or girls out there for you that kind of like have a direct influence or indirect influence? Oh, well, I guess for the, well, for the stuff that happened before I discovered Heavy Metal, I was more not so much into superhero comics, but stuff like cartoons and Mad Magazine, Taurus Angelo, uh, Mort Drucker, guys like that. And with cartoons, there was a, a, a girl that used to do art for them. She did a lot of other artwork too for Californian punk metal scene, Sean Kerry, and she did a lot of fantastic work with cartoons. And she was the one when I was like a little kid who used to copy her work just constantly. But then, yeah, of course, Derek Riggs came along. But Frank Frazetta, Boris Vallejo, typical 80s kids stuff that you like. Uh, mate who had a whole heap of creepy and um, those sort of magazines, the Eerie magazines and that, yeah, where yeah. Uh, Frank Frazetta and they used to do the covers. Um, Bernie Wrightson did some stories in that once I got 
into Bernie Wrightson. That was, you know, it was probably now I'd say Bernie Wrightson's the main one I'm just constantly trying to copy style from, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the animation qualities have uh, increased now? Um, I've noticed sometimes some of the storylines in kids' cartoons, don't ask me why I know this, <laughs> but um, it's gotten a bit more darker and deeper, like stuff like Scooby-Doo, for example, where back in the day it was literally... Five guys solving crime, but now they've got layers and it's more complex and stuff like Five that. Five guys solving real estate agents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crook, crooky uh, amusement park owners you for know, some reason. Um, so, you know, because now they find out that, um, especially with series, you know, they can, there's more money in series and movies, for example, because you can flesh it out from a longer period and stuff. Has artwork gotten better for that as well or has it become cheaper uh, and more... I don't know. I guess you always have a bit of a soft spot for the stuff when you were a kid, I guess, watching it. But, um, yeah, and I suppose that's just the, the the audience they're going for as time develops you know you're more demanding of, of what you're watching you know when we were younger we just take whatever was on for granted and that was it it was cool but now i suppose everyone's demanding more more depth and that yeah in, in that sort of thing but stuff like actual animation i suppose you always look back in the glory days of Hanna Barbera and that and think that that was so much better yeah. but i think the simpsons don't get enough credit for the work they did for animation because i mean if you have a look at the old Hanna Barbera stuff and you've got two people walking along and it's always just that typical animation of people walking yeah. you pull a cell behind the back yeah. whereas the simpsons actually put it to where they were actually in the environment more and that wasn't something that was done a hell of a lot and like the simpsons got a lot of crap when they first started out that it was real basic drawings and stuff but that, that side of it of putting the person in the environment that they were around actually took it a lot of steps forward i thought personal opinion i suppose yeah, yeah but i guess back in the day you're right like tom and jerry cartoons you just see yeah. I mean, actions with the same background just recycled yeah flintstones is the worst for it man you know what i mean you know you look at it with sort of rose tinted glasses a bit because it was yeah. what you watched as a kid and grew up with but you watch it now and it didn't age as well as you thought it might have yeah. uh, the only big difference now of course everything's cgi and that i can't handle i can't yeah. stand that but the same thing you've now you've got like south park which i guess yeah. is kind of the old school where they have the one backdrop and just the cartoons and it just is walking but through. they still do that on the computers now they right. changed a few years ago but they still tried to retain that same look but yeah it's the it's the that real smooth so even the way the simpsons are done now it's done on cgi now and it's Gotten lazy, hasn't it? The writing's yeah, gotten lazy. It's, it's, the production is. It smells like just the, the studio on top of them all the time. Like now, just make us money. And a lot of yeah. a lot of the guys that had a, a lot of involvement that kept it good are gone. Sam Simon had a lot of involvement in The Simpsons, and he's not around anymore. And yeah. it changed it a lot. Yeah. But yeah, even if you, the stories were that good, just that animation style, that real smooth CGI thing's a bit. You know, it's just not me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we'll do. Um, we'll talk about some metal bands now. So we talked about obviously the way uh, with uh, some artistic cartoons, and maybe we'll get back to that because I love cartoons. <laughs> you've worked with Raven Black Knight. You've worked with Quarry Verum. What are some other bands that uh, you've done artwork for? Um, a lot of the stuff I've done work for is a lot of the punk bands and a bit of the old grindcore stuff. I did some, uh, well, Guantanamo Bay City Rollers were the guys that were looking like something big was going to happen just before they broke up. We did a couple of covers for them and some of that stuff was looking fantastic. And then that just sort of fell apart, really, which is a bit of a shame. But a couple of band pictures. Again, most of the stuff I was doing for bands back then, they were falling apart as I was doing them. <laughs> no, well, no, well no. like the Ascension process, I did... Oh, tomorrow. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> every, every, time, every time I did something a band would either break up or something would happen I did have some artwork for a band called Ricochet Pete not, that Steve, then disappeared it's, it's not you mate I'm sure <laughs> it's, it's not, not you I did, like, some, I did some work for Ryan Wurzel and then a few things happened then and they almost fell it, it, yeah it was really getting to that point every time I was doing work for a band they were falling apart do you feel like you're that the curse item from well, like Indiana yeah. Jones or something like yeah, people touch it was getting, you <laughs> it was getting bad and then 
um, did a <laughs> did a cover for the Pro Tools and a band picture for them, and that's still going. Thank hey, God for that. Right. So, so I got one to keep going. Actually, you designed our logo, and we're here again. Yeah, so yeah, no, yeah. It's, we, it's the time we break up, Daddy. Yeah. This is what we're here for. We've lasted yeah. a week, Matt. I'm sorry, we've got to go our separate ways. I was taking it a bit personal there for a while. Ah, thinking, you know, I can, I can understand. Um, that would be devastating. It's like being in a relationship. Like you know, you've been with like every different girlfriend. It's like this is the one month, bring it to your mother. Well, it was, you know, and it, it, you know, over the years, you keep thinking, oh, this is the big break. This is the big break. Yeah, no, it's not going to no. happen. What, what about uh, some stuff like um, outside of the band work? What about like you said, flyers? I've seen you do work with like Zombie Walk and stuff. Some of those ones that have got you out there. Yeah, well, that was the, probably the best thing that happened for me was Jason North doing the um, the original Bodies on Bodies show in Adelaide, the, the Thrash show a couple of years ago. He wanted someone to do an old Red, Ed Repka style thing. Of course, my stuff's so dated and 80s that it worked absolutely perfect for that. And once I got on board with him, he's been fantastic. Done the done uh, another bodies on bodies for Melbourne. Did the SA heavy stuff. Yeah, that stuff's working out great. Anytime anyone wants something that looks like it was done in 1986, I'm sort of. But that's what yeah. it does. Like fashion's the same with clothing as well. Yeah. It all comes around eventually. Even those, you know, the the furniture stuff. You know, eventually, like that comes back. So mm. you you here it is, man. Your time to shine. So good time for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, anyone that wants anything that's really up to date, I kind of struggle with that sort of stuff. So, but that's where we're going. I mean, it just got another. Um, fly for the Adelaide show for the Beer and Cider Awards Festival. Yeah. I just did that one too, that and that was done totally in a retro style. That looked so great. Thought, well, yeah, well, we'll sort of go with what I know, and it kind of yeah. paid off. So, Well, that's exactly yeah. right. Like, it keeps in that vintage feel, you know, mm. and that's what you do. People who drink wine generally are... It's scratchy, but they're not going to notice. So yeah. that was we the got, idea. Yeah, I mean, you got to find your own style. You don't yeah. want to try to replicate another artist because it would always well, come out second to that artist. Well, you always end up finding your own style anyway. You know, you have whatever influences you, whatever you like and you do your interpretation of that and whatever that comes over the years that becomes your style particularly bands do they find that they have an idea and they want you to emulate it like being metal generally it's like I want like seven demons three zombies and like a decapitated goat and a sword <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> well if it's power metal a rainbow and a sword right do you find you have a lot more freedom with clients or is it just uh, I guess this is again this is a bit of a difference from the old school style where the Joe Pentagno used to do the motorhead covers and his theory was you ask for a cover from me you get what you're given right and so they were all 100% what he wanted and there was no interference from the band Derek Riggs was you know he worked with with the management and that but essentially it was his vision as it's come along years now everyone wants to put their two cents worth in or one of the bands I forgot to mention just did a cover for this American band Atoll that's going to be released soon hopefully they were great but it was like everyone in the band had to have their two cents worth. So it was always add this. And it's always add, add. It sort of loses a little bit of the, the original vision. I mean, it's just the way things are. Everyone wants to have their two cents worth. Um, so everything starts becoming a little bit crowded. So, yeah. But that again, that's just... It really slows things, things down, I guess, doesn't it, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that side of it's, you know, the, they want it. So <laughs> it, They're the paying it, customer, they're right? They're the paying customer and they're saying, well, this added was going to take you, you know, X amount of time. It's not my... It's your cover when you want it. So it's up to you. That's a big change, I suppose, in the way things work now. I find the same with metal because like, people sometimes come with an idea for the song with me and they're like, oh, it just needs this. But in your head, you know how many times it's not going to work. But you, obviously, when people want it, you try yeah. to make it the best as they can to them. If they just give you the freedom, they just give it to you. You know, yeah. you give them something that's going to knock them off their feet, right? Mm. But again, you're right. The way it is, people are so passionate about their metal, and we're in yeah. an industry where they'll go down with their sword. You know, that's yeah. the way it is. 
Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Yeah, so with um, like a metal genres, there's so many different out there. Is there a specific genre you like to draw for? Or do you think it's easier to draw for a certain genre? Or well, well, again, mate, you've got to go back to the fact that I was doing this like in the 80s when genres didn't really exist, you know, like... Um, and to that point, I, I remember reading reviews on a show where um, Noise Records put out Create a Nuclear Assault and Candle Mass on the same tour that, like, you know, you couldn't get bands that were more not suited to it because it was just well we're heavy bands and so it wasn't the specific genres at all it was just you know metal artist was just something that wasn't played on the radio really and that's you know that's where i'm sort of coming from so i don't really see it as all these separate little genres which obviously it's become someone calls me up and says they want to do a cover i'll just go yeah well this is it so we talked about bands you have done what are bands you would like to do who are some of the bands going around right now like you can go as much as, as high as you want <laughs> to as like, like if you want to go maiden, go for it man ab- we're here the, for you look, the absolute holy grail is iron maiden obviously Unreal. um you yep. know and anything but what i'm doing now to what you're doing there you know you, you take it and go for it um you know there's a few guys a few bands getting around that you'd like to do but it becomes down to is what i'm doing what they want sort of thing mm. so you know you see especially adelaide's fantastic for that old school sound it's one of the i think it's one of the things people miss in adelaide just a, a typical band in adelaide generally plays a really great old school thrash sound and bands like head and alkira and those sort of guys play yeah. a great old school style and you know i'd love to get on board with any of that but whether they want the stuff i'm doing you know that's well that's you know we them. are well connected we do you know head for <laughs> so yeah, we, you know we, we don't want to drop names you know we don't have that leave it with us we'll make some magic happen for you uh have, has there ever been uh, well, we're in a very political correct culture now at the moment it's kind of swung a little bit as you can tell from melbourne with the with the flash like the headlights whatever and stuff like that and the change has bands uh, or certain places that you've clients you've had said no look what your artwork's done is just too aggressive it's too metal um and you've had to then rework it or have people come to you and be like no we want this to be very dark it, as far as the metal side of it goes and that side of it it's just that they just want more and more and more and it, yeah no it's nothing like that at all with the metal scene they want to push the boundaries as far as that's concerned but where i do find a little bit bizarre was when i used to post stuff on certain fantasy art websites and they would have a lot of restrictions on what you could do and i had some stuff knocked back for religious themes or nudity and all that and i always thought well this is a little bit bizarre because the godfathers of this style was were like frazetta and vallejo and that none of their work would have been put on this site because they broke all those rules so i just stopped posting it wasn't you know it's their site they can do whatever they want but i'd I'd just go well whatever i went actually one of the things in the art community which uh, kind of affect which, which i took notice of was a batman cover art now what it was was the joker right and he had harley quinn um pressed up against him and she and he was like it's kind of like a no, shadow I think, of it. I think it was batgirl batgirl yeah, sorry it's batgirl my apologies <laughs> killing, batgirl right killing joker out. and it, looked, it was quite a strong image because you could tell that batgirl was in quite a amount of distress and joker was behind there obviously and showing how the joker is now, this got a very big reaction in the artistic community about being like just basically triggering people to the point of being offensive. But all it was really was showing that the Joker doing what the Joker does and showing what he can do to Batman without even saying anything. Do you find that that kind of impressionation is where the where the community is right now? Or do you think it's just people on the outside yelling in, inside? How it was, it's really weird, especially when you're talking about the Joker, the whole Joker-Harley Quinn combination. Everyone like, loves the whole Joker and Harley Quinn. Yeah. But quite frankly, if you analyse it at all, it's an abusive relationship yeah. and she's got Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm amazed that people are more outraged by that than some of they are about individual drawings and individual interpretations of artwork. Yeah. But Which it was, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is now you've got to remember, you've got social media, so everybody's opinions come 
out. So yeah. you, you got that access. Of, no matter what you're offended by, you can make a big noise about. So really, you can't, no matter what you do, someone out there is going to be offended by it and they'll make a big noise about it. And I think that's where we are at the moment. In the 80s, though, and stuff like that, I found that even when people were doing that lobby groups, fundamentalist Christians to a very progressive left, like too regressive, yeah. metal community would thrive through it and they'll thrive through it. Um, because, so it didn't, because it didn't really have that much general effect. Yeah. Like, as you say, yeah, they're all fringe groups. And that's exactly the point. Mm. Is no the average everyday person down the street's not going to listen to a completely fringe, either right or left winged or relig totally religious group. Yeah, you cop it from them. Yeah, but they're, they're extremist groups, so you're just going to keep going. You're not going to listen to that. Yeah, that's but right. Like, but in the eighties, you had like Al Gore, Swat Tipper Gore, who tried to <laughs> do the whole thing began. Uh, was it Twisted Sister, etc.? And they came with parent advisory stickers for like CDs. Look, they did, but you got. Here's the thing: like Blackie Lawless from Wasp went nuts on that, right? I think he was a genius. He was using that to his own benefit. I don't yeah. think they were targeting him much at all. It was just that they mentioned one of his songs, The Animal Like a Beast. It wasn't so much that they were really after him, but he made it a big deal, and he got so much free publicity out of that. It's yeah, the whole... It yeah, best, he, isn't it? He, he was an absolute genius over yeah. it. And everyone's going, oh, you poor... But, yeah, he just used it. And I think a lot of the bands did. But, yeah, again, in the 80s, a lot of those groups, I suppose, were you were still taking... There was a little bit of a seriousness about with the religious mobs and that. People were actually listening to them a little bit. It was a little bit more of an uphill battle, whereas now, yeah, no one listens to that crap at all, surely. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about obviously trying to interpret hidden messages and that, but have you intentionally put in your artwork in every piece like a, a moniker or like a trademark or something? Uh, is there like... Or <laughs> like all, so, all the time. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> somewhere of like getting people to buy you free stuff. Yeah. Like, like some people need to buy Steve Cheese or not, something. Not, yeah. not so much hidden messages or backward masking or anything like that, but certainly I'll throw in as many little inside jokes, I suppose you'd call them. Okay. I suppose they call them Easter eggs now, but That's right, yeah. throw in as much as possible. Oh, yeah. I but mean, nothing that anyone else would notice or find funny or. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> stuff, oh, stuff to keep myself. <laughs> stuff to keep myself up. I mean, you know, we'll take that bodies on bodies thing, you know, tried to make a few little things represent different things, and, you know, Fantastic. you can have fun and games trying to work out what means what, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Or I you can just totally ignore it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's inspired by somewhere in time I made, and I guess that's a classic. Oh, for sure. Cover, for sure. Yeah, you can spend hours. Going over that and analysing all the little yeah, we found a Batman moniker on that yeah, one, didn't Batman. we? Yeah, yeah, Batman's in there. Yeah, yeah. Like having a plunger or something yeah. like that. There's like, heaps of wow. stuff. I mean, you look at Spawn comics, and every Spawn comic there's a Felix the Cat. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Well, when um, Tom McFarlane was starting up Spawn, apparently this is the story that I heard. Anyway, he was, was trying to get someone to read it, and they said they didn't like it. And they wanted to read something more like Felix the Cat, and he said, "If I put it in there, would you read it?" <laughs> <laughs> so if you go through every Spawn comic, apparently you can oh, find I a Felix. It. I've seen it a couple of so times. Spawn's mask is black and white. It's pretty much like Felix if he got mutated he just, he just he's, little, he's like ducking behind the, a little door somewhere or something That's in each sick. comic yeah have you ever thought about coming back and being a comic artist or a cartoon artist as well maybe if that so, too much work yeah yes uh, I mean especially say like animation I couldn't do that yeah. I, I'd like to do comics but it's something you'd have to dedicate a lot of time to I'm trying to you know you try to put stuff together but it's it's very very time consuming because I've seen you've done the front cover for that Decay comic wasn't yeah, it yeah. so you've kind of touched on it yeah and I did a couple of stories in there as well and I've tried doing inking and that but yeah it's very very time consuming it takes a lot of lot of discipline it's another it's a whole another section of artwork really oh wow it just be like a pencil Oh, there's a called a penciler with comics. They just do yeah. the outlines. You pass it on to someone else for colouring. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I then mean, the problem with that is, yeah. is that you know your artwork in your head yeah, and you have to commit I mean, to I, it, I'd aren't much you? prefer to do the inking side of it, but inking, is a, that's a tough discipline, that one. Mm. That one I'm struggling with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> something, fair enough. You should, something you need to start when you're a lot younger. Like. 
Oh, really? <laughs> so now I was taught as a kid that the HB pencil was the pencil of all pencils, oh. right? Mm. If I was caught using anything else, like I'd get like, you know, back when they could hit kids, right? That's what would happen. <laughs> now it's like, oh, <laughs> these studies come out saying that it makes for serial killers. Um, is the HP pencil the best? Like if you're on a no. stranded island? <laughs> really? Oh, well, well, okay, I used to get those big sets of pencils. I used to do most of my artwork used to be in pencil and I used to be really dedicated. I'd use the F grade for drawing, 2B for shading, 4B. And I used to be really psychotic on make sure the right grades for the right thing but the funny thing about having kids is you can't do that I've got a whole stash of pencils and you just take whatever's there grab whatever oh, piece yeah. of computer paper's lying around you cannot be fussy on equipment when you've got kids but that's how you create genius by like well, actually, you know, you just <laughs> well, it and you, you stop worrying about crap like that you just yeah. draw your eyes oh, this is a bit of a softer one than normal <laughs> just, just yeah, use whatever I've got because yeah. Yeah, all the other stuff's in pencil cases and scattered around the house so ideally though, <laughs> perfect scenario the kids now uh, moved out of home <laughs> you are in your own studio drawing for Spawn drawing Felix the Cat what pencil are you using? <laughs> I'd use a mechanical pencil because I'm too lazy to sharpen the bloody things. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> I've got a beautiful little 0.3mm mechanical pencil. It gives you a beautiful line. Yeah. Get a whole stash of refills and then you don't have to worry about sharpening. So basically you're minutes. saying we have to bring into schools mechanical pencils. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Otherwise you spend yeah. half your time sitting there sharpening the things. I mean, yeah. Then you've got a mess and pencil shavings and then you always yeah. get like, the smudge marks and your hands of the shavings go everywhere. Yeah. And then you always have that one sharpener which keeps... One pencil keeps breaking and the leg keeps getting stuck. Oh, yeah. Do you know many people terrible. in the community that use those pencils or is it just you kind mechanical of? Mechanical pencils. I don't, no, honestly, man, I don't really keep Because it seems like a secret. I'm, it seems like we just kind of exposed something here. <laughs> I'm not really that much into sort of local art communities and that sort of thing. I mean, I had a little bit of a hint at it a while ago, the Tea Tree Gully art thing or whatever, but yeah, I didn't do very well, so I'll stop doing it. <laughs> Can't win, don't try. Do so. they have like any of these like artistic festivals which are based directly on like your types of art, like comics or covers? Yeah, that's or what stuff? I mean. I'm not really that much into the so, yeah, local okay. art thing. I'll get my inspiration more from other sources rather than artistic, I guess. It's hard, uh, it's hard to copy people in your own area because yeah, it's easy to copy from overseas, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they live overseas, yeah, I mean, they can't see it. The thing is with the internet, you can track down whatever you want. You know, for as far as influences and that go, you can, you can find it. Well, we've talked about the comics. We've talked about CD covers and stuff like that. I've seen on your page that you've done pictures maybe for your kids or whatever. You obviously got Spawn one. But you've done Legend of Zelda. I saw that with the link in the oh, background yeah, with the sword, awesome. right? Yeah. Children's books. They're less panels than comics. <laughs> you know, um, money in that. A, I guess it's a, a, an option. Um, I mean, I'd go fall back to that cartoony style, I suppose, if I need to smash out something quickly. Yep. You know, the kids' cards and Christmas cards for the family and that, and do that in a sort of a comic-y style more for time than anything. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that old Zelda picture, that goes back to the old days of doing oil paintings and that, and that's probably talk about retiring and when everyone's gone and I've got all the time <laughs> in the world. That's probably what I'd go back to is just oil painting. Wow. It's very time-consuming and that, but... But you could like you look in that in a gallery and people are like, wow, like yeah. that's art. You yeah, know? oil paintings, the, the thing I'd like to do the most. Okay. What's so special about oil paintings? I'm really new to this whole art thing. So <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> compared to like, can't, could you like well, oil paint? Well, the artistic covers? side of how you know the, the Vallejo stuff was all oil painted and how lovely it looked. But from my point of view, the shit takes a long time to dry, so you can correct mistakes easily. Oh, is that right. Well, there <laughs> yeah. you go. You don't make mistakes, Steve. So that's not your reason for doing it. It just <laughs> looks nice. Mistakes. It's, oh, okay. it's the ability to cover them up, which <laughs> makes you awesome. stand out. We've also seen that you had SpongeBob as your profile hey. pick at the moment right now. A cartoon something you still keep watching today for inspiration or just something to do? Or, or what is it? Well, the great thing about having kids is you've got that access to cartoons. You don't lose touch with it. Yeah. And um, yeah, SpongeBob just 
great cartoon. I'd be more Squidward than <laughs> Patrick. But <laughs> yes. I'm in that. <laughs> you see yourself get old enough, and you become a Squidward instead of SpongeBob when you're a kid, eh? <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, look, the, the Patrick thing that was just my son forcing me to watch Attack of the Clones, and that was basically my expression through the entire movie. It's like really. He's kind of like, he's like most of the time, I think Patrick has that like. Just that confused Like he looks through life Because yeah. he's kind of like I want to say dumb But he's definitely He's got to keep it simple man he's Yeah he's, like, he's, 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 he's happy Because he keeps kiss. it simple That's, that's the life we could, Let's we could all He's a kiss fan for sure um, And just to finish off We talked about art For a while now So to finish it off At the end of the day Have you kind of reflected On it being an artist And being like a musician And gone like Well maybe you know Looking back at it You should have got into Maybe photography Sculpturing Or maybe even a porn star Has it ever come back <laughs> To where it's like I, Do you ever regret your choices Or are you just happy no, That you've done the right No I'm glad I probably chose to try to do too many things and probably would have preferred to have said well if i'm gonna do art just stick it up but like i spent a long time trying to play guitar i spent a lot of time playing cricket and all this sort of stuff and you know i went for what i can't regret anything i did what i wanted to do at the time but you look back and you see these guys that like bernie writes into his standard but he's a guy that did nothing but draw from the time he was <laughs> born to now yep. you know you can yeah, see yeah. He's, he's socially you know not there he's that's all he ever did and yeah. you know if you really, really want to be that good at something, you, you can't, you know, have your... You can't let things stop your kids, no. uh, money, yeah. anything, health. Yeah. yeah. That's something um, to just take it back to see, though. No, I tried to... I, I had a crack at everything I wanted to have a crack at. Yeah. Um, I wanted to play guitar. It took me three years to realise I was no good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing 10 years. I'm still thinking about it. No, the podcast three and a half years. If you're like half, six months away from becoming good. That's how it always works. Uh, three and a half years. Like, all you need is power because You need two fingers for a guitar. Don't worry yeah, about so it. I guess like, see, with, with art, like, Inspiration is it easy to come by? Like getting older, do you feel like you're limiting your way to express yourself and be imaginative? Parent, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff's really overstated. Yeah, Again, when yeah. you're, um, you've got the kids, you've got the family, you've got responsibilities, you've got a job, so you might only have like an hour to do some work. So damn inspiration, damn all that sort of stuff. You've okay. got to just do it, yeah. and you just learn to just draw. And sometimes things aren't great or whatever, but that's fine. You can always come back and fix things up or whatever. But yeah, waiting for inspiration, waiting to be inspired, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, you just don't have time for that. You just got to do it. Is that right? Okay. But even like imagination, like how you draw things differently. You ever felt like you've been like locked into a certain way of drawing or things? No, that's, so that's where your head. Free? That's where you go to by just following what you enjoy. And you know that for being musicians, you know you get yeah. all the influence that you like. You, you, you interpret it your way, and. If, if yeah, you can be bothered <laughs> Years of doing that You end up with a personal style Of what you do yeah. And that's what you do Try, You know It's pointless to try to Break out of that Because that's who you are And that's what you're doing Yeah Amen to that So I guess Getting in contact with you Steve Any bands out there Want to get a design from you What's the best way for them To like, reach out to you mate Oh, isn't it a wonderful world, mate? Go on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve Lehman Artist, I think it is. Literally, facebook.com yeah. forward slash Steve, Steve uh, Lehman Artist. Yeah, yeah um, go straight there. I mean, it's, yeah, again, it's great. The internet's a double-edged sword, you know. It's, in some ways, it's not so good having access to everything, but on the other way, yeah, as far as that sort of thing, getting your name out there and, and cool. getting in contact with people, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, definitely that. That's right. Thank that's you, how you, that's how you track me, dude. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Internet. <laughs> we tracked it out I a few times. I <laughs> know well, for a fact you can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> we really want this interview to happen. <laughs> 
talked about art quite a lot now, so we're going to move it on to one of your passions in life, like all of us, and that's metal. All right, time to talk about the real deal right now, Am. Uh, let's just take it nice and easy and talk about local bands. What are the hottest bands that you absolutely love right now going out in the scene? Can be punk as well. Don't don't yeah, worry about it. Uh, the funny thing with Adelaide is how separated punk and metal crowds are, and it's really yeah. bizarre because I tell you what, both have got a lot to offer each other, and there's a few bands getting around that do dip in both areas quite a lot. I mean, my favourite band in Adelaide by a long way at the moment is a punk band called Ratcatcher. Um, absolutely fantastic, and but most metal heads won't go see them because um, they're playing punk. But you've got bands like Iron Wurzel and Alkira and that that play both shows. And you think it'd draw a little bit more of a mixed crowd, but no, it's very, very separated. That's really interesting. I grew up listening to punk, right? And then I was like, at the time, I loved it, um, but I just wanted that dirtiness from metal that I eventually would find. So it's interesting you'd say that because you're right. It's it's almost like it's hard to separate. Sometimes the beats are the same. Sometimes the vocal style can be very similar. And, and there's a little bit to change it. And a lot of the bands do sit right in the middle. Yeah. yeah. You've got a band like Iron Wurzel that are just as home in a, in a punk show as they are playing a metal show. I think they're playing this year's yep. VSA Fest. And... Yeah, there's a lot of in-between as well. It's not as separate as, as the crowds would suggest, and it's worth, worth checking both lots out. Of course, the problem is they put shows on at the same time. So Same night, Heavy FSA is on. There's a fantastic show on as well. There's a punk show on as well. But is that yeah. right? Where yeah, brutal. Go, go Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. Go Adelaide. They only have one show a year. It's always the same day. It's like, yeah, right. I know. It's you have nothing to do for five weekends in a row, and in that one week, it's like, oh, yeah. I've got ten things to do. Come yeah. on, man. Yep. Yeah. But international, what are some of the things that you're loving at the international market at the moment? Or even well, that you've loved for, very, for many years? It keeps coming back to Iron Maiden, doesn't it? Yeah, I <laughs> noticed that. Yeah, no matter what, you know, I always go off on a tangent and like this band and follow that band for a while, but then it always keeps coming back to Iron Maiden. And a, a great thing with YouTube, I suppose, you can track down a lot of the older stuff that you weren't aware of at the time. And I spent a lot of time doing that. Bands like Amoebics and that that were around in the late 70s, early 80s. You hear their name a lot, but because, of course, back then there was no other way of getting access to their music, but now it just is. And so a lot of the old 70s Australian music as well, which yeah. I wasn't aware of at the time. But that, now, that kind of now you've got all that access. So I'm just spending more time on the internet looking at bands like Buffalo from the early 70s yeah, in Australia than I am watching anything new. Yeah, apparently Buffalo's apparently Australia's first heavy metal band. Yeah, like it's the, fantastic um, stuff. You should really say. check it out. And yeah, yeah I've spent yeah. a lot more time looking at that than anything overly new. What about Iron Maiden that you love the most now? I think they've gone through a few singers, haven't they, Danny? Yeah, yeah, like Paul Diano. You had, of course, Bruce. You had the guy, Blaze Bailey. Who Who's at the top of that for you? Who's the oh, ultimate singer? Yeah, you got to go with Bruce Dickinson. But I think the stuff they did with Paul Diano, again, is, you know, like go back to those days and punk and metal hated each other and it was ridiculous because you listened to that very early Iron Maiden stuff and it was very, very punk influenced. You know, a show with Iron Maiden and the Sex Pistols on would have been a fantastic show, but of course yeah. they wouldn't be seen anywhere near each other. They hated each other. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that, that had its own thing. But to go up to that next level, they needed someone extra and they got that with um, Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, you got quite the theatrical performance. Yeah, like when we yeah. see it now, it's, you, you can amazing tell Bruce show. is all over it. Yeah, it's an amazing show. And you know, you don't love Iron Maiden because they never did anything wrong. I mean, the best thing about them is that they almost totally capitulated come the late 90s. Things were going very... It was the way they came back from that that makes them so great and the return from that late 90s was fantastic are you the same with Danny you would say Bruce is probably the strongest thing about Iron Maiden's uh, history or, or present right now or do you think Paul Diano was uh, has a strength that uh, hasn't been able to replicate well hearing I think Paul Diano's aged better singing like hearing Paul Diano lately I reckon his tone has become stronger so I like his tone a bit better than Bruce's like, in his later from, years from what he's singing now yeah I thought I saw him like on YouTube recently singing oh. something like and he actually had a pretty nice tone to his voice I'm not oh. sure the range is there but I, I, I like his tone 
I saw him last time he came to Adelaide. <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Oh no controversy. <laughs> maybe maybe I found it. maybe I found the, the nicest YouTube clip of him. I think yeah, was, possibly. That's what was the issue with singers, unfortunately. I remember seeing uh, one of Dream Theater's recordings and James LeBrie was kind of a bit offered, but then I saw him live and he was fantastic. So yeah. uh, it could be one of those things with singers. It's just a bad recording. Mm. Unfortunately, you can't fix a bad voice on a night. That's right. You like exactly what you found today, man. Like you come with a bit of a sore throat, but you got to sing in front of twenty thousand people. Yeah. How's it going to work, you know? Well, that's one of the great things I think about, well, look, I can't just single out Iron Maiden and say they're great for it because I suppose a lot of bands are like that, but, you know, you find out one of the shows was I went to Melbourne to see Iron Maiden you find out later on that Steve Harris was taken off. He had the flu that night. Yeah, and yeah. He was chucked in the back of the van and, the, and I saw the video of it afterwards and he was almost carking it. I thought, well, you know, if you just saw the show, you had absolutely no idea there was anything wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was absolutely knackered. Steve, you have to do, like, any hand exercise before you draw? You can't, just so used to it now, there's no issue anymore. No. Probably should. <laughs> <laughs> explains the bad. Ten, uh, ten more years, you're like. Probably explains <laughs> the tingling in the fingers and the cramps and stuff, I guess. And then um, and, and, and the tears in your eyes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's just, yeah, just, just keep working through it. That's, that's all right. It. Oh, so that's drawing, right. No so pain, drawing. no gain, right? Even <laughs> if it is a pencil. <laughs> hey, those things way after time, man. You the, the rays at the end, it weighs you down. I know me and myself, with Danny, when we're reviewing CDs, we kind of know we're going to like a CD because of gen- a genre, right? Do you find with yourself with genres that you normally gravitate towards? Or at the moment, there's just everything's for. Oh, yeah, again, the genre of things is a strange one mm. for me, but I, I, I'm, the main stuff I'd collect if it's new is from bands that I like back in the day. So, you know, it's desperately had to get a new creator, new overkill, first in line to get this sort of stuff. And they're fantastic albums too. Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of stuff I guess I'm going for is would be that old school thrash kind of stuff. We, we reckon Testament, honestly, last year was one of the best yeah. metal albums that came out last yeah. year. Yeah. That album yeah. is like the tits. It's amazing. Yeah. Their last couple have been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And it's like there's kind of a real battle going on with the new, with the older bands, the older school bands, so you can come out with the best stuff. And for me, it's it's the best music getting around at the moment. It's very seven. strong. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, you know, the thrash metal scene has been around for so long and there's a reason for it. It kind of strikes a chord with anyone from the youngest to the very old. It just seems to work with metal, right? Do you think that the way it's going that it's going to hang around for another 10 or so years or reckon it's going to oh this is kind of late it's starting to drop off now where is thrash right now well you can't just keep going on forever yeah. and I say and it's um, the, the thing is with metal it's always been if you look through its history it's always been driven by the younger crowd there's always been something new coming along something replacing it something pushing the older guys whereas I say now it just seems to me all the best music on the international side is, is from these older bands and I can't really think of had anyone that's really pushing the, these guys so it's I mean it's got to end at some point doesn't it well, you think so <laughs> you, you right you just but go for the ride while it's happening <laughs> it's been 30 40 years now yeah. but it comes in the thing about thrash it comes back in a different way right yeah so it might be like uh, it might come up when it's waiting from black metal with roots or death metal or whatever but it has a twinge to it so it's always going to kind of be around because the speed's most important right I guess well the thing is with the, th- with the early years of thrash that's where the, that was the breeding ground of all genres that came out of it. If you have a look at the early Speed Kills albums, they had Bathory and Possessed as well as Exciter and that's, you had everything like power metal stuff that, you know, came along with uh, Metal Church and whatnot to yeah. the most extreme black metal, extreme yes. death metal. All of that was coming out in those, the early years of Thrash and as I said before with like Candlemass as well, the, like the old Doom metal, that was thrown in the same boat at the time because it was just this new music, this new force of young guys coming along. So yeah, the birthing ground of just about all modern genres came from that era. Um, so whether you can call all of that some some ways related to to thrash, I think you just give too much credit to thrash. Yes, <laughs> thrash is the best. You shall bow to its mercy. We're being very personal with each other right now, so I'm going to talk about myself quickly. There are certain styles of metal when I hear it, and it it just reacts the same way as what pop music would. Like I don't like, and this is what it's got to be. 
certain power metal vocals right and this is the thing like it, we're all different we're all created differently right i hear certain like facetta notes and i'm like nah that's just not gonna work you know like and i hear other things and, and it works really well is there a certain style of metal or certain particular aspects of metal which are just a no-fly zone like everyone thinks that being in metal you love everything like to a growl to a screech um it's not so much full genres or anything like that but i like one of the later sound waves when we were waiting for Metallica to headline, Linkin Park were playing on the stage next to them. So I was trying to get a decent spot for Metallica. So unfortunately, I ended up seeing Linkin Park playing. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and you're seeing Ouch. a bunch of 35 year old guys pretending to have 15 year old angst. And oh. it, it was, to me, that was, look, it was like Justin Bieber, One Direction kind of thing, trying to appeal to that very young teenage girl demographic. But at least those guys are honest about it. Yeah. Whereas Linkin Park are hiding behind a facade of being metal. Yeah. And yeah. to me, I found that quite sickening and got quite a bit of abuse from the people around me for saying so. Oh, wow. <laughs> it wasn't too bad, but I was cheering when they said this is going to be a short song. <laughs> 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 no, the short ones are the better ones because they're like more intense. And stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, that's fair enough because I have found that that angst has kind of come into metal in certain ways I guess the hardcore scene kind of maybe not promoted it but it kind of you could see it kind of coming through and that head voice where it's not coming from like the stomach or the gut you can tell it's coming from the throat and it's very whiny um, but that's made its way into Gent it's made its way into a few scenes so yeah well, I suppose a lot of the I mean you take like say Mike Miller from Suicidal Tendencies does a lot of that sort of thing but, but that yeah. goes back to when they were just starting out in the mid 80s when he was a young guy yeah fair <laughs> uh, cool you know so that's you can sort of see where that's come through, but seeing that sort of attempt at, you know, poor me, whiny, 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 and in an era where you really, come on, how much has he really struggled, let's face it. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Exactly, because after a while, it's like, well, you've created your success from being sad, but now you'd be happy. Yeah. So where is it coming from, yeah, you're right? Trying to, you're trying to tell me all these broken yeah, relationships exactly. are shattering your heart. You're a lead I can't even afford food for my kids. <laughs> you can't even buy your third condo. Like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a lead singer of this band in front of 30,000 people. You're telling me this, this broken relationship stuff's but really crushing your heart. I think that's obviously and bands like Devin Townsend like he came from a strapping young lad and he was very angry and hated life but now you see his new stuff so progressive and so much softer you can tell well that's because he's happy in life yeah, yeah. how can you like be on stage yelling anger when you don't feel it yeah. it's all about feeling you lose that feeling and connection you're not going to come across genuine it's hilarious because Danny's fa biggest one of his gripes is hearing blast beat for too long yeah. so we're <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's the most heavy you can get see for me I, I, I fair blast beats like Viagra I absolutely love it you know and that's why we were bringing it up because it's amazing. Everyone you talk to the metal community, they don't love every aspect of metal. Anything, but it, anything yeah. that outstays its welcome, I suppose. Like, yeah. you know, the blast Perfect music, right? When you first heard Napalm Death and they were doing this, <laughs> like, oh, this is awesome. But, you yeah. know, what? and it just keeps going on and on and on. Or go to, like, when we saw Cannibal Corpse play and, you know, I used to love death metal. But here we go, you know, two and a half hours in and you say, oh, I challenge yeah. anyone here to be able to know the difference between what they just played and what their song was <laughs> three songs ago. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, this is an important question for me to ask you because I really want to know about what's happening Adelaide right now has seen a metal presence. It's quite passionate. But have you seen from this very uh, inception that you were in since you were going to now, has it changed? Has it devolved? Has it evolved? What would you say the progression so far of your experience with the metal community in Adelaide? In Adelaide? Um, Adelaide's really got a fantastic metal community. I mean, the, and you wouldn't know it, say you go into a gig on the weekend and there might only be 30 people there and you think, oh, the scene's drying off or whatever. But yeah. if you, you look at these heavy SA things that Jason's putting on, I mean, last year was packed out to the rafters. This year looks like it's going to be much the same just with Adelaide bands. I mean, the support's there. And, you know, you can overanalyze these things and go into what the internet's done and this and that and that. But really, when you get to the show, and the bands start playing and the gigs are on it, it's exactly the same really 
Yeah, it's just that's where it really matters, I guess. Okay. Um, you touched on with the sound at the start of the interview, where you've heard uh, well, Adelaide's very good at it, and that's like kind of a thrash sound. Uh, has it changed since then, or has it kind of kept to its roots? Um, what have you noticed? Um, yeah, well, but that you say about thrash and just basically bands just going as hard at it as they can, that's and that's you know. That's just what it sounds like now to what it sounds like then. It probably has changed if you could just sit back and overlook the whole thing. But when you're going to the gigs all the time, mm. um, like watching the hands of a clock, I suppose you can't see it, but you know it's moved on. What do you but think? The same feelings there. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because like, I guess with different locations, like you find with Norway, they had the best black metal because they're so isolated from everyone. Literally, it's like no plumbing. So like they're, frust- <laughs> yeah. they're frustrated they can't get their shit to flush in the to toilet. You know? <laughs> oh, no, like, you know, like the, I'm talking like the most darkest brutus metal from Norway is generally from a place that has no sun 11 months of the year you know <laughs> well no you know. sun electricity that's why it's black electricity. metal exactly it's that's why it's black metal yeah. yeah um do you think where we are right now is the influence of why at least have its metal or do you think that the strongest metal bands of everyone just keeps going out to see him and then just keeps regurgitating it no idea yeah i know right <laughs> i know right who knows i'm doing that right now one of the things that forced say that norway scene you say that forced it into the underground was a lot of magazines isn't that denied its existence because of the bullshit that was going on with them with the murders and the church burning they just went you know what metal's always been about having fun these guys are obviously nutbags yeah, so, yeah. You know, oh, well for me living in the riverland we only had one magazine which was metal mania and they refused to acknowledge its existence oh, so i mean God. that pushes it into the underground immediately whereas yeah. now it's impossible to have an underground now you know yeah, everyone's got point. access so the underground just can't really exist no matter what you like no matter what you get into there's yeah. access to it so it has that sort of effect it's funny because we kind of feel like with metal right now there and we talked to a few people about this question we'll ask you as well how the biggest bands now like metallica and anthrax slayer and all that kind of stuff next people were worried about what that next band is going to be because the internet might have killed it for it because now it stretched that population whereas you can invest all your money and time into one big band who's been marketed that way but now everyone can have access to what bands they want do you see the next Metallica coming yeah, out? Yeah, no, that's the that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you could see us when you see Iron Maiden play, and that's my first thing I said to my son. There's nothing that's going to replace this. Once it's yeah. gone, there's nothing building up. And you remember the Iron Maiden to get where they were. They spent four years before they got their first record deal. Yeah. You know, there was that build up, and it took a lot of years and a lot of intense work to get where they were. Yeah, living out of vans and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And as you say, there's a lot of focus. Uh, everyone, you know, there's a lot of focus on that band. Whereas now, every band has got equal exposure and you're right I, I don't know where the next band's coming from yeah. I don't know who it's going to be but could this be because these bands are still doing so well being the top that mm. there is no room for another band to be on top but once could these bands do retire then straight away you, you must even like a Volbeat or something which is kind of like Echelon or Avenged Sevenfold will become that next big well, band well again as I was saying before about how younger bands and young uh, and young genres were pushing the older guys but one of the things that happened then was the older guys were dying off like you, you saw in the mid 70s when punk came big bands like deep purple and and um, black sabbath and led zeppelin were just were becoming very very boring and dull and had died off yep. same thing every time it, punk started going that way when new over british heavy metal took over. so part of that thing of the younger bands taking over is that the older bands need to start <laughs> dying off a little yeah. bit but they're not at yeah. the moment they're, the, they're still the biggest thing getting around so they're not doing the right thing by not sucking deep purple now managed to get a resurgence they're doing a headline tour at hellfest yeah dude. they're like headlining <laughs> at hellfest so a band which yep. technically when i've been going to see in the last couple of times in adelaide and crowds are dwindling also get a top billion yeah. pretty, biggest festival so it is tricky like it is hard for these smaller guys to take their role but at the same time you feel like these guys have been around so long they help create the scene you feel like they deserve to be there it's yeah well it's funny I mean you know, we went to see the, la- um, the last Black Sabbath tour but you read their history and from 1977 onwards they're basically getting written off by everyone this is a disaster of a tour this is wrong, this is wrong. but then you know when it comes to the big retro 
it's oh yeah everyone's on board and it's like the biggest thing ever but you talk about deep purple headlining well richie blackmore's rainbow is basically deep purple isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah we we attested that first time yeah we, we went all the way to birmingham to see that gig because we're obviously massive well, we grew up on rainbow and black sabbath right uh, the rainbow rising record is probably the most played album at our house but in saying that, you're right. We went to see him and he played half Deep Purple songs and we felt a little cheated. We're like, <laughs> yeah. we saw this, man. You oh, know? I saw the set list. Of yeah. yeah. Oh. At least he played Stargazer. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> right. And everyone was like, oh my God, the best thing ever. This guy next to me had to shake my hand. He's like, dude, that was amazing. I'm like, oh my God, touch me. <laughs> Such as the middle community. <laughs> who were some of the biggest bands that you've seen in Adelaide or just in general? Who We, were seeing, we talked about just Rainbow just then, but what about yourself? Yeah, well, the biggest two by a long way was Iron Maiden and um, Metallica. As far as crowd sizes and, and anticipation, the anticipation of seeing Iron Maiden back in Adelaide again. I think it was... Oh, God, I can't remember dates with 2011 Soundwave. I think when they headlined was the first time they'd been in Adelaide since 1985. Massive. Yeah. Uh, so that was absolutely huge. I mean, I'd gone to Melbourne to see them before, so I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> you've seen videos. Spoiler but, alert. Know, the entire Benighton Park is packed out with people watching them. That was huge. And, and yeah. Metallica too was, was, was huge. But for me personally, it was seeing Gwar. Really? Well, oh, okay. it's a band I never thought I'd ever get to see. And I saw them twice because they came out for that um, No Sleep Till Adelaide show that... Not a lot of people went to, and then they did the sound wave as well, and that was just awesome to see see yeah. war play. Yeah, for sure. Um, Any band that you really want to see that you haven't yet, like a bucket list, or maybe even get back together that you didn't get a chance to see? Venom. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah wow. but the original Venom. I'd like to see. You know, and it's pretty hard at the moment because they split up with two groups and they're never going to talk again, so it's not going to happen. But I'd love to see the original Venom lineup. Okay, um, so we need to get to talk to both of them somehow and get them together for Steve. Like, it's anytime soon. That guy scares me, man. His lyrics are really fudged up, so I don't know. Oh, I think seeing a Venom show would be the absolute ultimate, but yeah, it's not going to happen. So. Tribute to the black metal sound. A lot of people say they are the first black metal band. Would you agree? No. They just came up with a word. They pulled a word out their ass just to make themselves sound different. Well, because, the I mean, no no one got the joke. Yeah, no one got their their joke. It was just. It was very. Yeah. They, they were more punk than anything. They were just really just throwing it in the face of everyone. It was a backlash to the whole new wave of British heavy metal. It was Good just. Point. We're going to yeah. call ourselves black metal because we're different, and then everyone used that as the name. But yeah, that had nothing at all to do with the. With actual Norwegian link. scene, yeah. For oh, sure. Clever. Yeah, but that was, was the name of the album, Black Metal? Is yeah. That, that's kind of yeah. came from there. That's how you do it, like Death started the whole Death Metal because they called themselves Death. That's, that's, if you want to start a genre or you want to get some good promotion, just call yourself something different. I don't but know that, how many that's times... That's why we've got 6,000 different genres. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pick the right one, you're in all I don't know how many times as a Death Metal or as a Metal fan, I've seen a band name and gone, that's too stupid to like and end up <laughs> actually loving the album. Yeah. Like yeah. Death, I honestly thought was going to be crap because it's like, man, oh, that is so try hard. And then Chuck Shoney and I actually hear it. I'm like... Well, that's just ridiculous. It was some of the best music that was made around that period. And certainly um, in their first album, the Scream Bloody Gore, still probably my favourite death metal album. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. I mean, the way they, they influenced so many different genres, mm. but then they just put it together so seamlessly to have so much immersion in it is great, you know. And up until the very end, I thought he was just writing number one hits, man. Oh, yeah. You know? So with, um, I guess, going back to artwork, is there like any, I guess, touring posters aren't really there anymore, but would you like to do touring posters or come yeah. up with... Oh, yeah. Big ones, yeah. 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 No, touring places are great because you get to see your stuff up. <laughs> 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 but no, you're right. The, 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 the days of the flyer and the touring posters, I mean, they're still there and you still have them, but it's nowhere near as effective as it used to be. It used to be the one way of knowing what shows were on. And yeah. As I say, there's other methods now. Uh, time moves on, but yeah, our posters are great. Cause, yeah, <laughs> going and see your stuff hanging up on the wall at Enigma or something is awesome. But then you like, take it down, you put it home. Like, everybody has because everybody wants that touring post. They put it on their wall because it's like the yeah. epic artwork <laughs> that you can just 
collect and that was that year so yeah. unfortunately that's kind of died in the wayside a bit yeah. these days so you can go on ebay if you've got a heap of money and buy some <laughs> oh yeah it's painful seeing some of the stuff that's selling on ebay now that i know that i've lost or oh, oh no yeah. Do that. yeah a lot of stuff i think i think 80s. we said back in the day nostalgia is selling something in the garage out for five bucks then buying back again for 50 bucks <laughs> yeah it's, it's about that yeah we talked a little bit about uh, before to you about being a bit of a horror movie fan and stuff like that. Uh, I saw a bit of a collection that you had on on uh, online. Is it something you go to when you're not doing your metal stuff? Yeah, I try. I try. Again, it's another hard one to kids. Kids, <laughs> to, kids. I've seen I've seen the first two thirds of so many movies. And I have no <laughs> idea how anything finishes. How do you live without resolution? I mean, it's a horror t- movie, so TV series are worse. Like it's, you know, oh, it's rough, it's man. Like aliens can only watch a two. Th- First two thirds of Aliens before the alien actually comes, it gets too violent. So, like, kids, you just watch it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, they all go home and happily after. after. Someone's <laughs> knocking, they want your attention. Oh, anyway, so yeah, you try, you try to keep yep. it up, but yeah. Yep. Um, what are some What are some good movies to get people into the genre? It's obviously very violent, but what are some good ones <laughs> to, that can ease people into it as best as you can? Ease people. I don't know why you. I don't think you'd. I don't think you'd want to ease yeah, into it, would you? I mean, you want to go full head bore again. You know, you go back to the '80s and the Evil Dead was the greatest thing ever. It was a great dare movie for kids in school and that yeah. and it still stands up today as one of the best and they did the TV series The Ash vs. Evil Dead which is probably better than any individual movie getting around at the moment yeah, it's okay. one that, yeah you've got to force yourself to try and get the time to watch that yeah fair enough um, and there's a lot of good series around more so than Wolf Creek series the Penny Dreadful series yep, yep. Um, I guess from like a stylistic point of view I guess like an art going back to the art yeah. side would you recommend a type of horror series or even like special effects oh, artists who for art definitely Penny Dreadful the great thing about TV series too is it only goes for either half an hour or an hour and yeah. that, that way with the kids start carrying on you can <laughs> yeah, exactly. but the Penny Dreadful series for me seemed to be um, they seem to be going after uh, Bernie Wrightson did a, a illustrations for Frankenstein in the 80s it was a fantastic book about 50 paintings um, pen and ink drawings and they were going after that imagery you could actually pinpoint what they were trying to do and it just looks absolutely fantastic from an artistic point of view that's fantastic I think um, with uh, certain movies they've got such a nostalgic feel that they've become the best of all time but do you agree that you know for example Friday the 13th Freddy movies, you know, Nightmare uh, on Elm Street, Jason, Jason, Halloween's, are they the best Halloween yes. movies? Yeah, um, the thing is possibly one of the best movies ever. And one of the things is I think is the restrictions back then. Like now, you've got no restrictions, right? You've got this yeah. CGI. You can do whatever you feel like, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, so the whole idea of building a story up and building it through tension and not being able to show everything, so you've got a full of strategic you, almost, yeah, isn't it? And yes, they are far superior than watching something absolutely full. And that's why one of the best movies come out lately I think is The Babadook uh, very done on a very tight budget yep. filmed in Adelaide but yep. yeah it, absolutely fantastic movie because of that reason I think too. yeah so yeah and they try to ex- I watched The Babadook and you can tell they're trying to explore a certain um, idea as well and, and like a, philosoph- a philosophy almost as well and very dark things which is exactly what you want I guess once you, know? you get it I mean if you watch it for face value you go yeah whatever monster wasn't punched but once you get the idea of what they're actually trying to tell you about mental illness and stuff it can yeah. hit you very deeply and yeah. you watch it again and it's got so much replay value yeah you, by the time you watch that movie the third time you think oh my god this thing's so deep yeah it gets into your head it's yeah, cerebral man it's like start, you, you, you gotta try and get it out of your head after that <laughs> well that's right that's what a good horror movie should do is that when mm. you turn it off all of a sudden like you can't answer the phone or you can't go to yeah. your cupboard because all of a sudden now there's someone in there because you've seen it happen yeah. right exactly like, I mean, especially have horror movies that like I'll go all year in my life that I think about zombies I watch one zombie movie like I can't go to bed tonight <laughs> <laughs> this is the night a zombie will attack me and that's like something like The Exorcist is still far more yeah. effective 
than most of you know movies like The Conjuring and that sort of stuff. I just you know okay they have jump scares in them, yeah. but it's nothing that lasts. Yeah. Um, but you get something with a slow burn build up. Like the Exorcist, that'll stick with you for a while, but yeah, <laughs> really mess you up, right? Mm. Or the old uh, nightmare board game where you see the guy aging on the TV. Stop! Oh my god, we we had that and we sold it, and I was telling the kids about it, and they wanted, and they were like a bit mad with us for selling it, so yeah. we had a look. Just I'll show you the video of it on YouTube. Yeah, and got yeah. A, yeah. You're Maggie. <laughs> you need a VHS player. He has yeah, you got to turn it up player. on full volume, and it's yeah. really quite. <laughs> well, I like to say that we still have it. Oh, yeah, we've actually oh, got cool. it, and it is so unplayed that it's actually the most interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally been played twice because it is a long game, or it can be a very short game. It's just, yeah. it's one of those things, man. You know, you can get, you can win it in two minutes, or you can win it in. Yeah. We lose it in an hour. So. Yeah. Then they franchise it out. Then they had like five or so versions of the same thing. It, they? Yeah, the, the, the one apparently there's the one that at the very end was very good, and the one at the very start, everything else in the middle mm. was just like the same board, but you just bought it with starter packs. It was like a complete yeah. joke. Oh, that's the first like yeah. franchise <laughs> booster pack. Exactly. It was like Michael Bay just completely ruining it with like one <laughs> edition and you know a bunch of product placement. We can uh, talk a little bit more about uh, how people can get in contact with you. I guess like you said, the Facebooks were really, really good, so you'll be out there. But you also go to scenes and stuff. You like to make oh, your face yeah, known as well. As many shows as I can get to. Um, yep. Yeah, um, don't know how you tell me apart from everyone else. <laughs> you know what? You, I think to be honest, like you're either the guy, you're either pretty much the guy right at the front or right at the side of the stage, man, just having a great time, really. Eh? Yeah. I mean, like, I've seen you at yeah, heaps of metal concerts, and like you absolutely love it. So. So you, 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 you like carry around a pencil or something, you know? No, mechanical pencil. Parker pen. Carry around a parker pen. Put it behind your ear. Might have to get some business cards sorted or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's really been it. So, yeah, thank you, Steve, for being on the show today, man. That's right. Thank you for having me. You know, whereas as we are on SoundCloud and all that, so all the people get to listen to it. So, I've been Superman, brother Matt. I've been Superman, brother Dan. Thanks, guys, listening. We'll catch you next week.